people. You say their name, they're going to run a run a tournament with you. Uh, Tim the Tatman, Nick Marks, and Tifu. All right, there we go. Oh, you had that lined up. That was just no thinking. <laughs> well, listen, it's it's the OG uh, three, right? Yeah. Tim the Tatman um, inspired a lot of uh, like inspired me to really turn on the stream for the yeah. first time. Like, I, if if I wasn't watching him as a Twitch streamer, because again at the time he was the only Twitch streamer I watched. Yeah. Um, I don't think I would have had the idea to turn on the stream to let my wife see what we were doing. Yeah. So with him, I had to choose that. Nick Merckx, um, he is one of those unapologetic, um, I want to just have fun, play some games. And Welcome to Tardux, a podcast for content creators to come on, share their experiences, stories, and advice. And today, I am super ha happy to have Panda. Welcome. Hey, thank you so much. A, a big fan of what you do over here thank on the you. Tardux podcast. I I'm super excited to be a part of it. And uh, man, look, you already got my logo in the background. <laughs> You're prepared. I see this. I think I'm prepared. We'll see how this goes. You know, I'm a bit of a rookie <laughs> when it comes to the whole Fortnite uh fncs so you know may some may have to do some uh explanation i may ask some dumb questions but you know we'll figure it all out well ask away man and listen i'm a wealth of knowledge awesome. i like to i like to be a sponge in any environment that i'm in i gather as much as i can and share it with as many people as i can so all right cool. ask away feel free all right so we start things off on the podcast with three rapid questions so gotcha. are you ready ready if you could sit down with anybody in history who are you sitting down with Ooh, that's a really good question. I'm going to sit down with um, probably Amelia Earhart. Oh, okay. So when I was young, um, she was someone that I looked up to. I always thought that I was going to be a pilot uh, yeah. when I was super young. Um, <laughs> and she was one of the first names that came across my uh, my uh, history books, Excellent. so to speak. So, And it was always kind of like in the back of my head, like, where did she go? Yeah. Like, what happened, right? So if I could pull anybody, it would be her before that happened. All right, excellent. Okay, number two, favorite concert you saw? Favorite concert? Uh, whew, there's a lot. Um, I would have to say either a day to remember at, um, it was Warp Tour okay. back in 2011 or 12, or Disturbed at Mayhem Festival in like 2010. All right, very cool. All right, and the last movie you saw? Last movie I saw was... Oh man, that and surprisingly enough, that's the hardest question you've asked. We I watched so many movies. Okay. Um, last movie I saw in theaters was Thor: Love and Thunder. Yep. Last movie I watched from home was um. Oh man, what is it called? <laughs> it's a it, it's a movie that I, I like to go to every once in a while. Yep. Oh, she's out of my league. Okay. Is, is the name of the movie? It's um it's from like the mid two thousands. Yeah. It's like a corny comedy. <laughs> Nice. And occasionally to like decompress from work and stuff and yeah. like everything that I load myself with, I always watch like these cheesy comedies yeah. from the mid 2000s. Like All I always right. go back to those. So Nice. All right. All right. Let's jump into it. So who is Panda? Where does the name come from first? Yeah, I got you. So uh, Life with Panda uh, was kind of born from Life with MK. Okay. So that was the original name. And what had happened was when I, I was creating a name in Sony and in, in the Sony system, because uh, I just got a PlayStation Four, yep. and I was like, "Okay, I'm done with real Batman two four seven, which was <laughs> my old like literally middle school high school gamer tag, right?" Yeah. So I was finally evolving from that, and I also knew at the time that that because it was the beginning of Fortnite, I knew that there was this like ever growing. Um, ability to grow as as a gamer and influencer in the community so i was like you know what i want to pick something that has decent branding yeah. so originally it was life with mk signed up on sony's website come to find out i signed up on the uk website and so if you don't know well back then at least it might be different now yeah. uh, if you sign up on the uk website that name is locked in across the world and you can't play oh, on u.s shoot. consoles so I called Sony, was on the phone with them for four hours. They could do nothing, right? <laughs> they handed me off to 11 different people, I think, I think at the time. And literally all of them were like, mm, no, sorry, you're not getting your name changed. So I was like, okay, well, 
I got to think of something different. Oh, so man. it came down to two names because I, I like the idea of putting an animal yeah. into my name. Uh, and I love the life with part. Yeah. So I was like, okay, life with panda or life with tiger? That was actually the other animal. And I chose panda because, number one, I love black and white. Yeah. The color scheme is super, like, mm-hmm. it's super easy to work in modern, like, with modern um, branding. Yeah. And at the time, I worked in corporate real estate and hospitality. So I spent a lot of time working on branding and marketing for different, like, yeah. brands. And so... Um, that was a big focal point for me in the back of my head. So I decided to go the panda route and uh, that's where life with panda came ah, from. I like that. Uh, yeah. Panda is definitely a better choice. I think, you know, like you said, the color scheme oh, yeah. and just who doesn't love a panda, you know, it's just, it's, oh man, you can do some really cool stuff with how you make it look and everything. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. That's, and uh, I mean, look at the sign. Yeah. I like it, it. it came out perfectly. It so did. Very cool. Definitely a good choice. <laughs> So you're right, you rolled right into my next question is what's your background? So you did corporate uh, corporate real estate. So you did some mm-hmm. like marketing, branding. Now, did you do like the graphic design of it or did you were you out there selling it? So I I started working um, when I was young, right? So I was like 15, 16. I had my first job. And then when I was 18, I started working at public supermarkets. Yeah. And um, I did a lot of work with them, but I grew up the ranks and I always knew that I wanted to be at the top of a business that yeah. was always in the back of my head because um, of family members and such that I looked up to. So I was like, OK, my goal is to be the best within a company, the biggest within the company or a CEO, etc. So I, I grew heavily to the, the ranks at public supermarkets and I got to a point where I, I felt like I was stuck. Right. Yeah. So many people were going through this or going for the same thing. And you had to be like a certain age to hit that. And I was 21. And I was a, a customer service manager. Yeah. So the next step was assistant store manager. And it was like, basically, the requirement was you had to be like 40 plus. And <laughs> I was quite far off at that point. So yeah. I said, you know what? I'm going to take a step back. I'll take a few months off. Like I had a, a, a solid savings. I'm going to think about what I want to do and then go next. Yeah. And uh, in my local town where I used to live, where I was born and raised. Yeah. Um, there was a Disney resort on the beach and I had no clue that it existed. I had lived there all my life. Oh my God. It opened in 95, right? <laughs> so it's been there and I just had no clue it was there. I went to the beach right next to it, et cetera, but it's crazy. And so I had the opportunity to work there as a, I started as a part-time lifeguard. Yeah. And uh, within six months I was uh, like a manager within the department. Um, I was full-time I, and I had met my now wonderful wife. Uh, who worked there as well. So I actually removed myself from that department after a year because my relationship with my now wife was way more important. So I moved to the front desk, did the same thing. Um, And then the now, I believe he's like head of all parks and resorts for Disney. Mm -hmm. His name is Josh DeMauro. Um, He sat down with me, had a great uh, couple questions about training and such. And then that was the direction I took with Disney. So um, I was the traditions uh, leader, which yeah. is a person that, that more or less uh, leads all the new cast members that come into the, the company, helps them uh, on the heritage of the company, the, the values okay. of Disney. So that was my role for a little bit, as well as I was the head trainer of both uh, front desk and, and, and the other department that yeah. I kind of worked in. So I was doing all this, knew that I loved training, um, and then I had the opportunity to go work for Marriott as a general manager of the yeah. hotel. And um, my tenure there was crazy. Met like Elon Musk, <laughs> Donald Trump, Mike oh Pence. God. Like, yeah, it was crazy. Cause we were right outside of Cape Canaveral. Oh, so okay. we had all these high profile, Jeff Bezos as well. Yeah. Um, high profile people, people come through that need to stay at a hotel close by. Um, and then I moved on uh, to the corporate side of things. So I started working more corporate training. Yeah. I became a director of training and development for a couple companies in New Jersey. And um, then COVID hits, yeah. right? COVID hits. Uh, I'm working for, at the time, I, it was the Kushner Company, yeah. um, Westminster and such. And I was the head of training uh, with one other uh, young lady there and just working together, working through all this. And all of a sudden, those opportunities in gaming opened oh. up and I started to transition. But that's my background. Okay. Is, is all hospitality training, mainly yeah. training, uh, developing training programs, Um to, uh, like individually going to sites and training yeah. people at different sites. If that, maybe there's a little bit of a struggle point at a, at like a 
hotel or yeah. a real estate building, I would go there in person to kind of take care of that. Okay. That's really cool. Really mature of you at a young age. You you seemed like you had the hunger or drive to just, you know, to, to propel yourself. You know, you didn't want to just stop anywhere along the way. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's kind of been why I've, I've been able to have some success so far in esports. Yeah. Is because I have a business mind. Yeah. Right. So when you give me opportunities, I, I run with them and I run tenfold with them. Yeah. So it's been kind of an advantage so far in this industry for sure. Excellent. All right. So let's take a step back. And actually, I didn't even ask. So I'm assuming you're from Florida because you said, you know, the whole Disney thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, Born and raised. And now from a gaming standpoint, when, you know, when were those first, uh, you know, years you started playing video games and what did you jump into? Um, I mean, literally I've been playing games since, uh, I was very little. My grandfather had an Atari and he'd roll out a TV cart into the kitchen right before dinner. And then he would leave it there until after dinner because we play again. (laughs) And we played Pong, like no joke. That was the first gaming experience I had was Pong. Um, and then I had a PlayStation one, played a lot of Blitz, NFL Blitz, Uh um, and Twisted Metal. Yeah. Uh, I don't tell my mom. I mean, I, I'm old <laughs> enough now, but dad always slipped me those games. Right. Nice. Um, transitioned into PlayStation two. Kingdom Hearts was kind of that area. OK. Era, but the big games for me were Halo one, two yeah. and three. Nice. Big Halo fan. Mm-hmm. Cool. And now what, over the years, you know, what's what are like the you know, I'm assuming Halo is your big game all time or is Fortnite, you know, dethroned that one? You know, it, it's it's very close between three games. So World of Warcraft, yeah, um, Fortnite, yeah, and Halo Two. Okay, I would say now it's kind of comfortable to say Fortnite's dethroned them. Yeah, um, obviously Fortnite has given me so many opportunities. Uh, yeah, I've never, I can I can honestly say I've never been obsessed with a game the yeah. way that I was obsessed with Fortnite. So. Um, that's definitely has that in his favor, but Halo and World of Warcraft are both super close. Yeah, because I'll be honest, there was uh, World of Warcraft came out with the classic version, like a remake of the original, mm-hmm. a, a few years back, and I took off a week of work so I could just play <laughs> the original. Nice. I don't get to play it as much now because yeah. I'm way more busy than I was then. But like yeah. at the time, like I was willing to take a little bit of time <laughs> off to play. World of Warcraft. Excellent. Now, was there much of a transition going from console to keyboard, or you know, just because you were you know working on computers most of your life? That's yeah. Um. So I've always been pretty savvy when it came to computers. Like at a young age, I would take computers apart, put them back together. Yeah. Um. Just for the fun of it, because that's just how my head worked. Yeah. Like, I wanted challenges, right, from a young age, and um, I always kind of dove into those technical like physical hardware skills and also the the software side of things as well so when you mentioned graphic design earlier i'd spent a lot of time learning photoshop learning Mm -hmm. in design um building websites doing all of this stuff um video editing etc but i i learned it on my own time before youtube was even like yeah readily available to teach you everything i i scoured the internet to try and figure out (laughs) how to how to grow in those different areas but yeah nice uh, yeah, so I when I switched from console to, to PC, it was kind of a, I had this gaming PC. Yeah. Hadn't used it in a bit. It was sitting in a closet. And my buddy was like, you need to just switch to PC. Like, get off the PlayStation. I, would, I had literally bought a PlayStation 4 for Fortnite. Yeah. Played one season, one and a half seasons of Fortnite on the console. Uh, and then switched to PC. <laughs> nice. I, I pulled it out of the closet because he was kind of, uh, friend bullying me into yeah. like switching off the console. Yeah, honestly, it was the best decision I made. My, oh, absolutely. Uh, ABM is just the way when it comes to Fortnite. Yeah, excellent. So now, what made you? Where was the drive to go hit that go live button on Twitch for the first time? So what had happened was uh, I had a really good job opportunity. It's the one that I originally moved up to New Jersey for. Yeah, and. When I moved, my wife couldn't instantly move with me. Yeah. So she used to love watching us play Fortnite together. Oh, nice. So I, I initially turned on the stream so she could watch from Florida while we were in oh, New cool. or while I was in New Jersey, right? Yeah. Um, and then I started to gain some success from it. And mm-hmm. it wasn't like it wasn't like major rapid success, but it was enough like I was averaging 10, 20 viewers without even trying, yeah. right? 
Um, and and nowadays that's tough to do as is. Yeah. So I what I ended up doing is that job that I took was paying a lot more than I'd ever been paid in my life. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to take some of this money and I'm going to give it back to people that maybe don't have as much. Um, so what I would do is just randomly to the people that would come into my channel, yeah. I'd give away stuff. So I oh, give away nice. PCs, peripherals, oh like literally tons of stuff. Like I gave away, I bought six of these final mouses, yeah. right? The, the ninja ones back in the day. I bought six of them and gave away four. I kept Aww. one of each color for myself, but yeah. um, gave away four of them and, and gave away monitors. I mean, I gave away so much stuff, but what I would do is I would give away stuff and then mm -hmm. I would disappear. Yeah. So that was like in 2018. And then I'd come back in 2019, give away some more stuff, and then disappear. Like it was <laughs> it was a, a theme, right? Yeah. But when COVID hit, there was just something different about the atmosphere and gaming and streaming. Yeah. So when I hit that go live button, I challenged my chat. I was like, listen, if we get 30 uh, or if we get 10 subs, I'll come back to streaming full time. If we get 30 subs, I'll uh I'll give away a PC. I hit 30 subs within like 40 minutes. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, it took no time at all. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, I'm back. And then when I was back, again, it just felt different. And yeah. I actually connected with Brave. Yeah. Mr. Nicky Movement himself. Like, yeah. When when I connected with Brave Edits, like, he, he had his commissions open. Um, and I'd seen, like, I started interacting with him, seeing his interactions with other people. And I was yeah. like, this is the kind of guy I want to work with, right? Yeah. And quickly, it, like, transcended a work relationship. And now we're, like, best friends. He just came to my birthday dinner the oh, other day. Awesome. Like, uh, incredible dude. And yeah. honestly, I'm thankful not only for that friendship, but he did a lot behind the scenes to help help me connect with the right people. Yeah. Monster D-Face specifically. Yeah. Who, who then pushed me in the direction of casting and stuff. So that's kind of, like, the full spectrum okay. Uh, of how I started streaming and how I actually got to a, like an, an elevated point of success yeah. when it comes to esports. Oh, that's fantastic. And you couldn't have had two better people to, mm -hmm. to be there to support you. Just, you know, they've both been on the pod and I, I had really no idea who they were prior to, to, you know, basically Markstrom pointing me over to, to monster who brought yeah. me on to brave. And it's just like, it just opened my eyes into, into your community, the Fortnite community. And, so many great people and yeah that's that's a really cool story yeah it, it's kind of it's kind of funny we joke about it all the time but it's like i, I always i constantly sing praises to 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 nikki yeah. um because he is like he's such a genuine person yeah. uh and and what he does in his work ethic and, and the way he takes care of his family is is something so special yeah. like most people don't get to see the behind the scenes of brave edits right yeah but this man works harder than probably anybody i know and monster d face is literally almost identical when it comes to work ethic yeah. so it's like to have those two people in your corner rooting you on and guiding you in the right direction i mean it couldn't be better than that yeah absolutely and you know from a creative standpoint and just the not the business knowledge dude you're yeah it's good company you're in absolutely yeah i, I again couldn't be more yeah. thankful for those two nice so now when what point did you transition to this to a full-time gig then so i had in 2020 i joined the the fortnite podcast yeah. uh, with monster and i had briefly talked to him about casting then he get, he like pushed me a little bit more i got my first casting opportunity in november 2020 yeah and about seven months i want to say eight months actually after that i got Actually, no, it was six months after that, I was getting enough casting jobs where I felt comfortable um, taking a risk. Yeah. So what I did was I put about two and a half, three months worth of, of bills yep. and, and food and, and a, a basically enough to live comfortably for yep. a few months, right? And um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this risk. I'm going to go full time. If it doesn't work out within two months, I got a month to lay on and I know I can easily work for a bunch of companies because I was already being... Uh, headhunted at the yeah. time like linkedin at that point was getting <laughs> crazy and everybody was like hunting for people yeah especially in that new york new jersey oh area. god yep so i was like you know what i'm gonna take a risk that was may of 2021 july of 2021 i got my first big show in dreamhack and then literally two days after that show fortnite hit me up to join the fncs wow. broadcast so it was like uh okay well yep you know what then <laughs> i made it like oh, i don't have fantastic. to 
I don't have to worry about working too much. So yeah. that's been uh, an incredible experience so far. And, and not many people get to say that they were able to do that within yeah. that small amount of time. But hard work, yeah. dedication, and a willing to to learn and take criticism is like the biggest advice I can give in this scene. Yeah. Is like you just have to, like, no matter your experience, no matter how many games you've done, how many titles, how long you've been casting, et cetera, you can always learn something from yeah. somebody else. And be willing to take that feedback, which a lot of people in that space aren't, yeah. unfortunately. But well, not a, not only just that space. You know, people have problems taking criticism. They think it's an attack, and not looking mm. at it as it's helping you. It's helping you be better at what you're trying to do. One hundred percent. I think, uh, especially when it came into to the work and environment that I would create for anybody that worked for me. Yeah, it was all about it, this is a shared space. We're here to work together. We're here to do something. We have a common goal. And if you have feedback, if you have uh, information that you think will help make your job better, I'm going to take it, right? Yeah. And I saw this in a lot of managers that I had worked with at the time. It's like they wouldn't listen to their their frontline staff, their, the field, essentially. Yeah. But the field knows better than anybody how to do their jobs. Yes. So if you're not willing to learn from them, like you're – you're just going to end up failing. And, and that's what happens with a lot of managers. So yep. from that moment on, I knew I was like, I don't care if you're a brand new caster that you've casted two shows, or if you're the most seasoned caster, like I'll take your feedback yep. and, and I will implement it 99% of the time. Yeah. Cool. So now, stepping back to Twitch for a second. So how far along did you get down the Twitch road? You know, I'm assuming affiliate. Did you great hit partner? Uh, or once that, you know, once casting took off, that sort of twitches, you're still your route where you go hang out and, and still engage with your community. So I had an opportunity to get partner in 2019 and I didn't take it. Yeah. Um, I wanted Twitch to be more of a place that I could like flip the switch, have yeah. a good conversation with people, um, do some dope stuff. Like Twitch is not a, a place like a moneymaker, so to yeah. speak for me. It never was. And, and honestly, it isn't for many streamers, right? When you right. look at, like, when you look at the numbers, like it's 0.5% of streamers actually make a livable wage streaming. So yeah. in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'll use this as an avenue to continue to communicate with people yeah. in, in a special setting, right? And, and keep that like intimate connection with those people, but that will never be my focus financially. Yeah. Right? So, um, I had that opportunity to get Twitch partner and denied it because I just, at the time, I wasn't a huge fan of, of the check mark. Yeah. Now, um, I just got done doing an NA West watch party yeah. where we heavily exceeded all the standards for partner. Um, so I reapplied. So oh, we'll nice. see what happens. And, and now that I know that there's perks of being a partner at TwitchCon. Yeah. Ah, yes. <laughs> maybe that'll help as well. But um, yeah, that honestly, outside of that, Again, I don't use streaming as like a an avenue or yeah. of for money. I, I even discourage uh, donating and subbing to the channel yeah. as much as I can. But um, okay, it well, is kind of uh, that's what it twitches to me. All right. Well, hey, good luck in the partnership at least. And, Appreciate uh, that. So we'll roll into casting. So Monster was one that got you into it. Like. Mm -hmm. What was your first casting gig when he came to you say, Hey, you could do this, or were you already sort of thinking about, you know, hey, I can I can do this thing? So he had implemented it into my mind. Yeah. I went to World Cup in 2018 and watched him, right? Watch yeah. Monster D face cast on the main stage. I watched um Ninja and Courage and Sundown and Bala. Oh, wow. All these people I had like I had looked up to because I was such a huge fan of competitive Fortnite. Yeah. And all these people that st that stood on that stage and I was like, dude, I would love to do that. But in the back of my head, I was like, that'll never happen, right? Yeah. Because at the time, I'm in corporate real estate, et cetera. So it just didn't make sense. But then when things started lining up, I was like, you know what? Monster's right. I think I feel like I have the equipment, the voice, et cetera, to yeah. kind of take this to the next level. Okay, let me let me try. Yeah. Right? So I was like, Monster, uh, if you have a show that pops up, give me a chance. promise I won't disappoint you. Yeah. So... I, I had my first show in November or October, I think, of 2020. Yeah. October, November. It was one of those months. And it was actually with Jacob PR, who who he's with XSET, and he currently is on the broadcast as well. Uh, he's on that full team. So yeah. uh, full circle moment for us is that we got to cast together again. 
but um, he was literally my first show, and he was such a, a genuine dude behind the scenes. I told him it was my first show. Yeah. He gave me quick tips beforehand. He helped me afterwards, like, and we worked very well off of each other. Um, but from there on, I was like, in that moment, I knew that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And that was that's where my full focus went. So every day, I'd get done with work 6 p.m., which I'd start at work at 7 yeah. a.m., and I was streaming at 6 Six to ten, I was playing games, practicing casting, yeah, like everything, live environments, having fun with it, and uh, continuing to improve. And here oh, I am now. That's great. So now, how did you prepare for that first casting gig? Like, you know, were you just watching live streams and just you know calling it out, or how you know how did that go down? So, from Monster's perspective, um, the best way to get into casting is just do it. Yeah, and it was a little bit of trial by fire where as well as like a little bit of like, I understand Fortnite to a yeah. high, to a, like a really high degree. And I had spent hundreds of hours committed yeah. to Fortnite. So I knew that I'd be comfortable. And also I'm, I worked in public speaking. Like I would have training classes of a hundred plus people. Okay, like yeah. I was very comfortable public speaking. So blending those two together, I brought it, I brought it in and yeah. I did a little bit of preparation but not a lot. Yeah. Because I, I knew that as much as I could prepare, even on a live stream, etc., yeah, it wouldn't mimic the same thing with the with a, a certain style of person. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go into this, I'm gonna try my best, yeah. I'm gonna learn from it. And uh fortunately I did uh pretty well enough to get another job yeah. a few weeks later. <laughs> oh, that's great. Really by the same great. company. So so let's take a little step back for casting. For those that don't know, casting is essentially the play-by-play -play calling or the color for an esports event, whether it's Fortnite or you know Valorant or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's um to give a little bit more in depth. You're you're kind of a storyteller, right? Your job is to portray a a scene and a story to an audience at home that some of them might know it very very well, whereas others don't understand it completely. Yeah. So. Your job is to bridge the gap there between the people that that do not, that don't understand it and want to learn more, and and also to the people that do understand it but want an entertaining way of hearing that same story that they're seeing unfold in front of them. Yeah. And now, do you have two? Is there is there really two different roles when it comes to casting, or are you really just going at you know doing it together with whoever you're casting with? So there is, but Fortnite is unique. It's one of the it's probably one of the only games where you kind of need a blend of both. Like yeah. every every caster will have their individual like side that they're stronger at. Like I'm more of a color caster. Yeah. Whereas like a monster D face, for example, is more of a play by play. Yeah. And um, the color provides like player insight and understanding. Whereas the play by play is, is more about the action that's unfolding in front of them. Yeah. And so there is like strengths within Fortnite, but both more or less have to know both. Like yeah. you have to be able to. To do both it's not like you come in and and you assign a role to one or the other it yeah. usually doesn't happen that way okay more recently i think fortnite's trying to to focus more on roles but at the same time again yeah very difficult in a game like fortnite and now in a you know in saying the worlds how many casters would be doing that because you really have if you i guess solos you can have 100 different people or 50 teams mm -hmm. that's a lot of people to sort of keep track of and and sort of have the information on those teams yeah, I, and this is a, a topic of controversy more recently. Oh, okay. Is, is people talk about Fortnite, and they're like, man, Fortnite's easy. I can get into Fortnite, right? And and from a casting perspective. Um, but it's not as easy as people think. A lot of those people come from, like, like um, let's say, like a Call of Duty or a yeah. Rocket League. Uh, these games that are assigned. You have a signed team, so you know Phase versus Optic. You right. know, like, you know, understand the players that are on the team. Much easier to follow... 20 teams and it is realistically a thousand players across three regions and yeah. those are the top players not including some players that may surprise people because again yeah. it's an open track it's not like it's just close to it's a certain a amount of people like, or anything like that exactly so it it's ever evolving and it's yeah. always different um as far as the leaderboard goes and who makes it onto those finals etc so for fortnite if you're not intertwined and ingrained in the community on a constant level yeah it becomes extremely difficult to cast it obviously you can like cast it uh well yeah let me say that 
because it's not it's not like you can't come in and cast the game and still do play by play, but it's like for the people at home when they're when they're watching a Rocket League event, yeah, they want to know more about why FaZe made that play because yeah. they're bought into who FaZe is, right? Same thing with Fortnite and, and like Clicks, for example, big creator, but also a pro player. They're invested in why Clicks decided to rotate a certain way in the game. So you have to understand why he chose to do that as well. Yeah. Like in, in a lot of casters, they try to make the transition. They realize how difficult Fortnite is. And then sometimes they say, sometimes they don't. But yeah. regardless, the Fortnite casting ecosystem is, is actually so small in comparison to other games. Mm -hmm. It's wild. So for me, I'm always willing and ready to help casters. And, and a, there's been a lot of casters that I've sat down with and worked with. And now they... They're trickling into the Fortnite space more and more. Yeah, but they they understand quickly that this is a lot harder than they initially realized. Yeah, especially coming from games like I said before, Rocket League, Call of Duty. Yeah, absolutely. And also with that, you have the growth of all these tournaments, more tournaments popping up. Different outside organizations are seeing the the potential opportunity of making money and investing yeah. into all these tournaments. So, yeah, so now there's the, the playing field is expanding, more casters and more opportunities. 100%. And, and it's always a good thing to have a decent-sized group of, of talent members that are, are willing to participate in Fortnite. I think, again, that's one of the things that's lit, that has limited it in the, in the yeah. past. Um, because as soon as one decides that they want to separate from the community, it was not easy to find another. I mean... It, kind of worked out in my favor because i was able to climb quicker that way yeah um whereas like a valorant for example valorant has easily 30 40 talent members vying for those top spots yeah whereas they only allow for like 10 10 15 max yeah for an event like and there's always new people wanting to come to valorant because it's such a big esport right now yeah whereas fortnite is is kind of hit the I don't want to say the the tail end of that drop, yeah. but it's kind of evened out a little bit as far as popularity goes since that big peak of World Cup. So yeah. it's less people are, are vying for a Fortnite spot than there are for a Valorant spot. So it makes it a little bit easier to break into Fortnite. Yeah. But you have to be willing to put in that time and effort to understand the game. Okay. And now, why do you think Valorant is 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 peaking or doing so well versus the Fortnite or other other games? So I think, like like Rocket League, for example, is another great title. It gets yeah. gr amazing viewership. Um, and and Valorant is kind of in the same boat. I think what people don't realize in comparison to a Valorant or a Rocket League, number one, when you tune into those streams and those those esports titles, you're tuning into a team that you, you have buy-in from. Where, yeah. Whereas it's very difficult if a player doesn't make a bunch of content in the Fortnite space to have buy-in yeah. to watch those. Right. That's number one. Number two, there are a lot of people that watch Fortnite that aren't necessarily watching it on the Twitch or the YouTube, like the YouTube streams. Yeah. Because there's a there's this island called Legends Landing in the game, and there's tons of people that load into Legends Landing and watch FNCS <laughs> and stuff from there. And so, unfortunately, we'll never know what those numbers are. Right. But I can't tell you how many times I've had screenshots of people take a picture of me on the screen. Yeah in legends landing <laughs> and send it to me and they're like dude that's you like so um there's definitely a huge audience in in all three avenues whereas yeah. like valorant and rocket league they don't have like an in-game viewing experience right until actually more recently rocket league just added one but you had to go into fortnite to watch it and rocket league <laughs> fans are not a fan of fortnite even no. though it's epic games so um i don't know if you saw there was a clip come out of world the world championship of Rocket League, and it was literally people booing Fortnite because there was a Fortnite ad played oh. for that island. Yeah, yeah, it was it was crazy. Oh but my god! Re regardless, um, that's kind of how that goes. But Fortnite definitely has uh, a problem with retaining viewership right now. Yeah, but I think that's something that they're open to learning more about, and hopefully, we'll see some adjustments in the okay. future. Okay. So now the Fortnite season, what is where does it start? Where does it end? It, it, I'm assuming it ends leads up to a championship. Yeah. So every season there's an FNCS, and yeah. within that FNCS there's qualifiers, semifinals, and then finals. The finals is kind of the buildup. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I, I feel like it's kind of like a double-edged sword for Fortnite. The players love to have these major titles every season. Yeah. But it doesn't 
lead to something bigger, right? Yeah. So this year, they just announced the first in-person event back, right? The first official in-person event back yeah. for Fortnite. And it's happening in November. And it had a lot to do with the FNCS placements of some of these teams. The problem was no one knew that leading oh. up to. So there wasn't a lot of, like, like very specific communication from Fortnite as to, like, what was going to get you a spot in the Invitational. Yeah. Um, but now, after all the spots are filled and everybody knows who's going and who's not, right, they now could see the trend that it was, oh, it was top four, top three, whatever, from whatever region, because every region is different, how yeah. many players they pull. Um, so I think communicating that earlier would have built more hype around the FNCSs. Yeah. And continuing to do that every year will be extremely impactful to the overall ecosystem. Yeah. Because when people have something to work towards, other than just th this event in the moment, right. like, it, it just it bridges or creates a lot more excitement. Yep. Okay. Very cool. And now, who are you uh, who are you picking, or any uh, picks? Who you think are going to end up on top? I mean, easily Malibu Mustache. Yeah. You can you fans at home can clip it now. Uh, Malibu <laughs> Mustache. They win the FNCS Invitational from the Europe region. Um, they are just so incredibly talented malibuka just coming off of the biggest game uh biggest fortnite LAN event since um world cup essentially uh over at the gamers eight in saudi arabia and him he literally malibuka picked up an na west player in epic whale who's an incredible player in his mm -hmm. own but he had never played with them before they came together and they won first place over teams that had been playing together for months or years wow like they were able to do that so yeah. I know that Malibuka is extremely uh, like smart when it comes to Fortnite. Like he knows how to put the team in the right spot. Yeah. And Mustache is very good at getting eliminations. So that's the team that I don't see anybody beating right now. Yeah. Could change. We'll see. There's several months before we actually get to the Invitational. But as of right now, that's my pick. So from your whole casting career, what's been your highlight? Hmm. You know, there's been a few moments. Um, the first time I casted, um, or the first time I was an analyst, I should say, on the FCS broadcast was yep. a, a special moment for me. The, the first time I casted on stage when we went to Denmark for FNCS. Oh, wow. And then most recently casting in person at this Gamers 8 LAN event. Um, it, it's really close between the three, right? Yeah. They're kind of milestone moments in my casting career so yeah. far and uh i'm eternally grateful for all three of those moments so if i had to pick it, it would be probably a three-way tie between those yeah and now the in in-person one are we you know what kind of is, is it a crowd there as well or is it just the gamers so unfortunately there's been no clear communication from epic games on this yet yeah however i saw an email the other day that someone tweeted out um, of them getting an, an invite to the Invitational. And it's said in there that there's going to be a crowd. Oh, wow. So we'll see if that actually happens. Like, But again, we don't have official details. Yeah. Now, it is at the Raleigh Convention Center, yeah. which fortunately for me, it's not too far away. Yeah. Um, so that place holds thousands of people. Right. Like, it's not a small venue. So I imagine that there's going to be an audience. They just haven't announced it yeah. yet. Okay. And now here's where I'm, I'm ignorant to Fortnite. So for the Worlds or the Championship, are those played via, is it no bills or it's, you know, full-on regular Fortnite? So it'll be the standard Battle Royale, which is yeah. the regular builds Fortnite. Um, it will be players from all around the world. So from Brazil, yeah. the like Australia, Europe, um, all of North America all come into Raleigh to, to be a part of this event. So that's wow. what it's going to be. Now, as far as zero build, I don't think, um, based on the impressions that I've gotten from the communication that Fortnite has put out so far, that zero build will ever have a, an FNCS per se. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean there won't be competitive twi like Twitch Rivals events right. and, and even an official Fortnite zero build event. But I feel like the the hype and the excitement around Zero Build partially is due to the fact that it's creators, right? Yeah. It's mainly creators playing in these because it's been those closed Twitch Rivals lobbies, etc. Yeah. And uh, I think that's what makes Zero Build a little bit more special. So I feel like Fortnite 
They're going to try to keep doing that. Yeah. And now, which leads me into Fortnite. So the no bills came out, you know, what, three months ago, two months ago. What was your take on that? You know, somebody who's in the, the competitive side of the thing, all of a sudden now there's this no bill thing happening. And it seemed like some, a lot of people were like, some were like for it, some were against it. It seemed like it brought a whole lot of new people into Fortnite. So I'll tell you this. I instantly knew that this was a genius idea, even when my counterparts weren't a huge fan. Yeah. Like, I, there was a lot of people that I was close with that they hated the idea, right? Because it's, it took away, in their mind, it took away from the standard BR. Yeah. But in reality, Zero Build is a beautiful addition to the game. It allows players who are new to Fortnite, new to that ecosystem, to play in a game mode that is considerably easier than the standard BR. Yeah. But also, it brought creators back. Some of the biggest creators, like literally Tifu, Ninja, Courage, Tim the Tapman, all these people that made Fortnite as exceptional as it was, yeah. brought them back into the game. Even Nick Merckx plays tournaments for Fortnite yeah. now, again, on the zero build mode. So um, I think it's been an incredible addition. I knew it was an incredible addition when it was added um, because I saw the the, the turn and the draw from all these big creators coming back to the game. Yeah. So I think Fortnite needs to continue to do stuff like that, continue to promote stuff like that. Um, because otherwise, if, if there's no evolution to Fortnite, yeah. it'll it'll just continue to dwindle out. And yeah. I think this is just kind of the the first sign of a return insurgence of the popularity of Fortnite. Okay. And even so, I come from the Escape from Tarkov community, and we saw we saw a lot of content creators who all of a sudden were jumping over when the no bills happened. Lupo started playing, playing it again. You know, Ames was there. All of these Tarkov people were, you know, playing Fortnite and a lot of people were having fun. Yeah. I think, um, that's the thing about Fortnite, right? Fortnite, the reason it was originally so successful, the standard BR in launch in the early chapters, um, was because it was such a fun game to play. Yeah. And it wasn't like a game that took itself too seriously, mm -hmm. right? So you have these crazy items that like throw you in the air and yeah. and you can drop like a dinosaur on somebody's head. Like there's just interesting things about the game that you wouldn't find elsewhere because other games pride themselves a little bit more on being realistic, right? Yeah. From from like a Tarkov perspective or a Call right. of Duty perspective, like they really focus on like the idea that this could be considered real, whereas Fortnite more or less played the game of, hey, would this be kind of funny to see? All right, let's put this in the game. Let's try this. Yeah. Let's have fun with this. So because it didn't take itself too seriously, I think that's why Zero Build is so special. Yeah. And it gives people that did play the game back in the day, which a lot of people did, um, that feeling again when they came back to Zero Build. Yeah. Cool. So speaking staying on top with fort on this topic for Fortnite, what has epic done to keep it fresh and and at you know one of the top three esports games you know it's funny a, a lot of people challenge me on this but uh, i think the thing that that no one realizes is how complicated and complex fortnite is fortnite continues to in my opinion ruin other esports and the reason i say <laughs> that is is i actually use halo as a perfect example yeah when fortnite came out it updated the game more than any game ever. It added items almost weekly, added uh, exciting outfits and, and emotes yeah. and, and tons of different things that, that no one else was doing at the time, right? Fortnite continues to do that. And they continue to do it on a level that is now scaled way higher than anybody could have imagined, right? Like they literally just added Dragon Ball Z to Fortnite. So yep. <laughs> all of those characters that a lot of people grew up with and, and continue to watch, right? They're now in Fortnite. So yeah. that's not something that other games can really say or other games had really tried to do at the time. Yeah. Like there are collaborations, but never to the scale of what Fortnite was able to do. And I think that's why Fortnite has a longer shelf life than number one, most people realize. And, and number two, uh, most people will be able to grasp because I think Fortnite is here for at least another 20 years. And yeah. the reason for that is the Fortnite we know now will probably not be the Fortnite we have in two years. Yeah. Okay. You actually hit a you hit the nail on the head there, and really great point with what Epic and Fortnite have done with other IPs. 
bringing in Marvel, bringing in Star Wars. You know, mm. you had all these, you know, iconic characters or brands that a lot of us grew up with. I'm 50 years old, so seeing Star Wars and Fortnite was kind of cool, you know? Same. So, yeah. Well, I'm not 50 years old, but <laughs> I, I, it was, I grew up with Darth Vader. Yeah. Literally grew up um, watching Star Wars repeatedly. Yeah. So when they got added to the game and that whole experience and event, I mean, it was just next level yeah so now what what would you like fortnite to do to add or improve to the game in, into the experience from a competitive side and then a non-competitive side so this is a loaded question all I'm right gonna start from the competitive side okay um because i know what the community wants to hear and i also agree with this there needs to be a proper rank system yeah. uh, arena right now is not um something that a lot of people are excited to to go into and grind and play yeah which leads to the lobbies not being as number one entertaining but number two um i guess effective for these players that are trying to practice yeah so they rely on scrim servers and everything else to get the practice that they need whereas a proper rank system something similar to apex legends would provide that on top of that a, a clear separation of the loot pool um would also definitely help competitive play. And I think that those are the two things that competitive needs most. Yeah. Now, that's just from an in-game experience. Yeah. From a viewership experience, I have a laundry list of stuff. <laughs> but I won't get into it there. But I'll go to the casual side. Now, they need to continue to innovate things like mantling, zero build, etc., into the casual side, but also adding fun items to the game, similar to the shield bubbles, shockwave grenades, etc. Yeah. So we continue to keep that that fresh feeling about it part of that would be in my opinion um creating a valorant 5v5 style mode within the fortnite unreal engine in a yeah. first person shooter oh. so from what i've seen and what i've seen leaked is that they are creating first person in fortnite or they're i don't know if it's for an event or whatever yeah. the case may be but it looks like it's something they're working on. So I hope that when they do implement that, they create a 5v5 mode. Because you imagine, oh, like, yeah. you're, you're playing, again, one of the only big rivals in esports right now to Fortnite is Valorant. Yeah. Imagine a Fortnite version of Valorant. Yeah. Like, uh, it would be, it would be, be pretty, pretty impressive. Cool. Absolutely. So, All right. That's my take on the two on the two sides of the coin. All right. Um, cool. Yeah. All right, so now where do you see esports going over the next five years? So I think I think exactly in five years. So was it twenty twenty seven? Yeah. Um, I think we're gonna see a new like a new height that we haven't even reached yet. Yeah. So people thought twenty eighteen was a peak, then we had twenty twenty, then like twenty twenty. Now it's starting to simmer down though because yeah. people are going back to work, etc. Mm -hmm. Here in twenty twenty two, I think. Five years time, we're gonna see a, a, an in, incredible, like a, just an insane peak in, in esports, um, where uh, everybody across the board, pro players, are gonna be treated um, a little bit better. Yeah. Not to say that they're not treated well now, but, but I mean they're gonna be more compared, like compared to like a, a professional athlete. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, whereas they're just not right now. It's getting there, but yeah. they're just not there. Same thing with talent, right? For, for a show, you love when you tune into a show and there's chemistry behind the people that are there, Yeah, which is why League of Legends and some of these other games have had such a successful run in esports so far. Yeah, Part of that is because they have salaried talent members, Yeah, and I think those salaries will continue to grow and more games will adapt that salary um, mentality for yep. talent members. So I think that's going to be a huge thing mm -hmm. over the next five years. I also think... Um, there's going to be a boom and a new game mode. Yeah. So something is going to hit. Uh, we obviously, I don't know what yet. Yeah. But something will will break the mold of of BR, uh, the standard five v five shooter. The, these these essential game modes that we've known for so long. Yeah. Something will come along within that five years and kind of break the mold. But it's going to take a while. Okay, so now two things I, th I agree with you there on the you know how it's going to explode and you know even the last few years seeing you know esports in DraftKings you know online betting legit online betting is is you know that lend cre lended credibility to it and also you know stateside we're seeing Division One universities have esports teams full ride scholarships 
that's just cultivating and and legitimizing that this is a real thing that people you know athletes you know esports athletes versus real athletes yeah i mean a buddy of mine he won a major event recently and was instantly hit up by a, a, a really big university i won't give too many yeah. details um to have a full scholarship ride uh pay like just exceptional benefits to be there competing yeah. in fortnite so I mean, this is just the start of that ecosystem that we're seeing growing. Yeah. But I'm excited to see where it continues to go. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I'm up in the Northeast and we do do a lot of world work with the schools. And yeah, we're working with universities, building their esports teams, their practice wow. things. So it's, yeah, we're talking St. John's. We're talking, you know, Quinnipiac. They're all, you know, they're all stepping into it. So it That's is. That's amazing. And, and the really cool, I, I really like this concept because now you have, you know, us geeks are now coming to a school. We're wearing the school colors now that are a part mm. of the team. And I, th I think that's really, really special. Well, and that's one thing that, like I mentioned before, where as Fortnite doesn't really have a buy-in right now with uh, the traditional competitive route. Yeah. It's one thing that I think a gap can be filled with com um, collegiate. Yeah. And um, I love collegiate Fortnite and collegiate esports in general. Um, it's not something that's, it's kind of like in the infancy stages yep. right now, but collegiate Fortnite is going to be just like, like on par, if not sometimes exceeding the level of the major FNCS shows yep. when it comes to Fortnite, because like you said, you can, you can buy in, right? So let's say Texas, right? Texas university. They, they're excited to watch their team compete in the collegiate event, right? Yep. They got a duo that's competing. So you have all the university in a gym. They have it pulled up on a big screen like they're supporting. Yeah. Exciting, just like a, a, a traditional football game, yeah. right? Getting people excited and, and really just looking in the direction of yeah. collegiate esports. It's coming. Yeah. It's not quite there yet, but it's almost there. Like, it is very, very close, especially in some games. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So now... You get to play Fortnite. I do this to everybody who comes on. They pick their, their legends, their all-star team. Who are you calling out for your other three people? You say their name. They're going to run a run a tournament with you. Uh, Tim the Tatman, Nick Marks, and Tifu. All right. There we go. Oh, you had that lined up. That was just no thinking. <laughs> well, listen, it's it's the OG uh, three, right? Yeah. Tim the Tatman um, inspired a lot of, uh, like, inspired me to really turn on the stream for the yep. first time. Like, I... I if, if I wasn't watching him as a Twitch streamer, because, again, at the time, he was the only Twitch streamer I watched. Yeah. Um, I don't think I would have had the idea to turn on the stream to let my wife see what we were doing. Yeah. So with him, I had to choose that. Nick Merckx, um, he is one of those unapologetic, um, I want to just have fun, play some games, and, and it's just an all-around good vibe every time you turn on his stream. Yeah. He's just excited to have the opportunity. He's constantly giving back to his community, which is a big thing. It's a big part of who I am, too. Yeah. Like, I love that mentality of, like, just kind of, like, these people are, are the reason you're in a position. Why not do stuff for them, right? Like, yeah. he's literally spending hundreds of thousands of dollars putting on events, and he doesn't have to do that, right? Nope. He can just continue to click the go live right. stream button and, and hope for the best, right? But yeah. he's putting hundreds of thousands of dollars back into his community which no one is doing. Yeah. And then Tifu, oh man. Tifu is uh it's funny cuz I always used to butt heads with a friend. He's a big Tifu fan, I'm a big Ninja fan. Okay. But uh Tifu is very similar to Nick Merckx um is that he's like he's such a genuine dude behind the scenes. Yeah. Like he he actually will take care of the people around him and the people that support him and yeah. and he's not the type of person that's all in it for the money. Isn't just going to to like take a check and then run away like yeah. for example when he won twitch rivals he took his earnings and gave it to his teammates oh wow like he didn't even accept it yeah. so it, it, it's it's crazy to see the, those mentalities but that's kind of the kind of person that i am right yeah i'm the type that like i'll get a hundred dollars and 90 of that i'll probably give away yeah right like there's a good chance that well I, obviously i spend a lot here in the studio it's so I can continue to build what I'm building yep. so that I can continue to give back to more people 
that yeah. support me. Well, and you started that early, like you're doing, like with the mouse giveaways, and and you know, come in, and I'll, you know, you you'll win a computer or, or win whatever, yeah. and that was that's that's really uh, good of you. I try my best. Yeah, that, that's. I I just want to be uh, a role model. Yeah, like an influence. I want I want somebody to look up to me and like, and essentially say, hey, listen, I became a better person because of this. Yeah, because you were this way towards someone. Like I learned to to not necessarily be just this negative person yeah. all the time. Cause I'm, I'm a super positive person. I look at like, I'm, I play devil's advocate all the time. Yeah. And I always try to find the positives in every situation. Some people hate that about me, yeah. but uh, <laughs> uh, a lot of people I've had come to me after the fact where, whereas they had a really negative perspective, I gave them a different perspective on it yeah. and they were appreciative of the fact that I took the time to give them that different perspective. Yeah. So I'll continue to be that I'm unapologetically positive. Yeah. Uh, so um, that's just who I am, and, and I'm going to continue to be that, no matter if I'm in gaming, hospitality, yeah. or I'm on an island somewhere in Barbados. Well, you look at your, your, you know, you can just tell that positivity that comes out of you, and look at the people who you draw in, you know, who drew to you as well. You've got Monster and Brave and, and you know, Swear, and, I, you know, because I was chatting with Swear the other day, and I said, who's Panda? What's he like? And he goes, he's a solid goof. He's genuine, is what he described you as. And I was like, yep, all right. I try my best. Like, for example, um, the NA West watch party, right? We got news that NA West was getting cut from FNCS. Yeah. Torn, devastated, right? This community was the community that, like, brought me in when I joined the FNCS. Because yeah. I joined on West, right? So I knew, like, for a moment, I was like, dang, man, this, this stinks. But the next moment was, okay, what can I do? Yeah. And so instantly built out an entire broadcast oh, wow. for NA West. Um, I funded it all out of pocket um, and hopefully made something that the community likes. So yeah. far, so good. Um, good. I had lots of messages from players' parents Yeah. Um, that were like, hey, thank you so much for doing this. I was oh, able to cool. watch my kid compete. Like, So I, I it was a, an incredible experience, and I, I'm super grateful that I was able to do that. Like, yeah. Again... I'm very fortunate financially that I set myself up really early in life that while finances, I always try to like, when I manage my finances, it's all about what I have currently in the bank, not necessarily what I have investments and everything else. I absolutely have to fall on something else. I can. Yeah. So I don't mind taking risks every once in a while or, or giving back and doing something like that. Like I would have done it 10 out of 10 times. Oh, cool. All right. So now, for other content creators, who do you who do you like to watch? Who are some people that you from a competitive side and from a non competitive mm-hmm. side? So from a competitive standpoint, uh, Reese Hub, number one, uh, and somebody's gun number two. Aussie Antics, another incredible um, content creator. I like the the more story driven stuff. Like he just put out a recently a video on NA East and yeah. and how it was the closest FNCS result we had seen in probably ever. And uh, just the way he made that that video, the storytelling in it was beautiful. Um, I really enjoyed it. So as far as competitive goes, those are my top three. Yeah. Now, my number one content creator outside of competitive, 100% is Mr. Beast. Oh, okay. Yeah. What he does, again, aligns with me very similarly. Like, he literally takes almost every dollar he makes and he puts it back into the content, the warehouse, the everything yeah. to make the Mr. Beast brand function. Like, he literally has Beast Burger, Feastables. <laughs> um, he has a philanthropy channel, a, a main channel, gaming channel, React channel. And he also has it in multiple languages. Like, yeah, what he's doing on YouTube and content with content creation is next level. No one's doing it like him. So I pay very close attention to what he's doing. Yeah. And you'll probably see that very soon in the content I'm getting ready to put All out. All right. Cool. And now, who's flying under the radar people should check out from a competitive side and content creation side? Ooh, so flying under the radar as far as content goes. Um, actually, Resub, to yeah. be honest. I think his content and, and uh, the work he puts into it, no one is doing it as at, like he is. Yeah. Somebody's gun is very close behind, but the amount of work that Resub puts in is is just insane. The the stats that he pulls and, and everything to understand what he's building. And, yeah. like, and he's also very good at, like, creating a video around retention so it's not just he has a bunch of stats and but he just throws it at you and makes yeah. you feel uncomfortable right and you don't want to sit through that video resub does a good job of both so i think he's he's definitely 
while he gets a, a decent amount of views, yeah. I definitely think he deserves more. Um, now, a competitive player. That's an up-and-comer. That people may be flying under the radar and is going to catch somebody by surprise. I mean, the NA West winners and Yumi and Cool, no one expected them to win. Yeah. So they came out of nowhere. Um, I, I definitely give that to them as well. Yeah. I also think um, Clicks and Duke. Again, people look at Clicks as just a content creator, right? And he's this massive content creator. But he took last Fortnite season so seriously and learned so much. And for the first time, we saw him really high in the leaderboard. Yeah as far as an FNCS goes. And I think people kind of brush it under the rug because of the other teams and the storyline around the other, the other stuff going on, but they came in fourth. And I said early on, I was like, look, this is definitely a top five team, if not a top three team. Yeah. And I could tell from the early season that they were going to do big things and they're going to continue to do big things. So that's the team I'm going to be watching All out right. for, for sure. Cool. All right. So we're almost getting to the end here. What is, I did discover that you do a podcast also. With a couple mm -hmm. other people. It's uh, Fortnite Competitive, or did I get the name wrong? F so it's The Fortnite Podcast is what it's called. It's yep. with Monster D-Face and Somebody's Gun. Um, we we do that podcast very casually. Yeah. Like it's, it's literally a, a place for us to come, yep. hang out, have a good conversation about Fortnite. And we, this it has this audience that you wouldn't expect, right? Yeah. It's a lot of older people, um, people that have been around Fortnite since 2018, like, I mean, we average like three to 5,000 viewers, oh, wow. mi like minimum an episode when we drop it. And yeah. that's usually within a week of the episode dropping. Yeah. We'll have three to 5,000 downloads on that episode. So um, there's definitely a huge audience. Um, and I didn't realize it until I joined. And all of a sudden in my Twitch chat, my Twitter DMs, my Discord, like it just blew up <laughs> because it was all these people coming out of the woodwork being like, yeah, listen, welcome to the podcast. Oh, no way. So, um, yep, there's that. Um, there's also a new project um, that I'm working on. Cool. It is an in-person podcast. I can't give too many details away. Yep. Um, but the, the community will see that very shortly. Excellent. Now, how did you get involved into uh, that podcast? Well, so that was actually Monster's first um, first chance that he took on me. Right? Oh, okay. So uh, Brave connected him and I, right? Yeah. I was actually watching a Monster D-Face VOD review on stream. And he like like liked a tweet that I had put out about going to that that VOD review. Yeah. And he went over to my stream and sat there and watched it as I broke as I broke <laughs> down what he was breaking down, right? Yeah. And he saw like he saw that I had insight in the game and, and that I, I genuinely enjoyed it. Yeah. And so he gave me a few weeks later he gave me the opportunity to join the podcast because he needed a co host and yeah. he had a lot of people hitting him up to bring it back. So that's what brought me into wow. that podcast and then just recently we brought somebody's gun in yeah to be kind of like a third mind yeah he has the, the cool thing about him is like monster and i are very similar minded and, and svg and i are uh to an extent yeah but he all he always brings in this different perspective yeah that not everybody brings in which is another reason i love his content as well yeah um but uh that that's why i think the podcast right now with the three of us it's just going to continue to grow oh, nice. and snowball into something else. But, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Excellent. All right. So now I I can't imagine, you know, I was going to say, you know, when you disconnect, when you turn off everything, what do you do? But I don't think you turn off ever, though, do you? I do not. Yep. I'm going to be honest. I <laughs> So <laughs> this last week, right, um, I, I stayed connected to Twitter. Yeah. But I fully shut down content, like, I pre-recorded some TikToks and then yeah. I reused some um, short-form content mm -hmm. just to keep the, the consistency on those platforms. Yeah. And I mean, you can always post your old content and new people will see it. It's yep. crazy how that works. <laughs> um, but uh, it literally, what I did was Saturday, August 13th, that, that was my birthday. Yeah. Until um, August 20, 20th. Yeah. So la last Saturday or yeah. this past Saturday. I was like, yeah, I'm disconnecting. I'm fully wow. Uh, just kind of, I'll, I'll I'll stay in touch with socials because I yeah. think that's super important. But I I, did, I barely turned on my setup. Um, I did a few things, played a few games, like I had some fun here and there. Yeah. Um. And then I said, you know what? I'm gonna use this time also to just kind of sit back, 
and, and reflect on what I want to do here in the next six months. Cause these next six months are like, we have one major event and that's it. Like there's not a lot going oh, on. Wow. So I want to, I want to use that time wisely. Yeah. And so I got a lot of cool stuff in the pipeline and uh, I'll show you a little something after this. All right. But um, a lot of cool stuff in the pipeline. And, and I wanted to take that week to just kind of relax, but also let my mind wander. Yeah. Think about things that I could do um, without, like, having to worry about this. Yeah. The whole distractions. The day-to-day of, like, stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. But now, when you do disconnect, are you, you know, do you garden? Do you watch TV? Do you watch? What is your, your, your one thing away? So I don't watch TV much. I, I watch a lot of the Marvel stuff, so I yeah. love when Disney Plus, like She-Hulk just dropped. Yeah. I, wa- I watch that. A great show, in my opinion. Um, I, I do watch some TV, but now, like, I use TV at night to go yep. to sleep. Yep. So I watch one of three shows. It's either The Office, How I Met Your Mother, or Brooklyn Nine-Nine, <laughs> because I've watched them so many times yep. that my brain, like, hears it and just shuts off. It's just like white noise. It soothes you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> nice. So uh, that's how I've kind of used TV more. But when my TV is on in the living room, I'm watching it and learning from content. Yeah. Like, again, I'm so connected from the moment that I wake up mm-hmm. to the moment I go to sleep. Yeah. There's like, there is intent behind everything I do within that time. Yeah. And so it's just how I've been my entire life. Yeah. When I worked in hotels, I'd literally be there at 8 a.m. and I'd leave at 8 p.m. Yeah. So very uh. similar now that even though I work from home, I'm on all the time. Yeah, and it's 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 really cool to see. You know, past guests who've been on, there's that passion, and the passion is there. They're on all the time because they're doing something something you love. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's been the difference maker. Like, I love training, right? Which yeah. is why I got into that field. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm not always excited to talk about hotels. I'm right. not always excited, right, to talk about real estate yeah um but man am i excited to talk about gaming (laughs) so especially fortnite like i can't complain nice all right well we reached the end and before i let you go it is you need to call out somebody in your circles that you know has a good story to tell and and should come on absolutely listen somebody's gun reese hub boys get on here there we go Incredible podcast (laughs) i had a lot of fun here myself so I, I can only imagine that they have a good convo as well. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. And it was so wonderful to meet you, Panda. Thank you for the time. Absolutely. It was a pleasure to meet you as well.